Hello and welcome back to Keep Calm and Carry On. I cannot believe it's our season finale. We've come to the end of season two. Can you believe it? Have you enjoyed yourselves? Wow, what a lineup of guests we've had. It's been so much fun and thank you all so much for joining me. I've just had a ball talking to these amazing people and hearing all your responses. And what we have for you today is an extra special treat. It's a wicked special. Now, we filmed this um, a few months back when we could actually social distance in a venue. And we went to a venue in London and I had not one, not two, but three special guests from Wicked um, that came into the studio. We had a live social distance studio audience and we recorded a show. So today you get to hear the live audio. Um, if you do want to check out the actual um, visual you can at bravo productions and that will be available in a couple of weeks time but i will give you a shout when that is online but for now we have an incredible audio of three very special people so in the meantime enjoy the wicked special of keep calm and carry on this is so amazing i can't thank you enough for being here i know you've been thanked already but I can't believe that we are here at season two of my podcast. When I had this idea to do this podcast, um, you know, at the beginning of lockdown, I had no idea that we would get through a first season, let alone a second season, and then to have a live show at the end of it with people <laughs> is just, is, I'm really touched. And I really want to thank Bravo Productions for putting this on today and also Martin, for, who's just been up here, who doesn't get the recognition that he deserves because he's put my whole podcast together. So give it up for Martin. <laughs> so I have a wicked special for you today. I know that you've all listened to season one and you're very excited about season two, aren't you? <laughs> um, and we have some amazing guests this season. They've been so brilliant and so open. And it's been so nice to talk to people, especially at this time when we've all been locked down and things are different. But to speak to other artists and see what they're going through has been great. And I have three amazing people for you today. So my first guest today um, is, is just a, an amazing friend of mine. We've known each other for 20 odd years we went to college together, we, we studied together, we've sang a little bit together, but not enough. Um, she's done endless musicals, I couldn't even name them all, but some big ones, Guys and Dolls, and of course, Wicked. She was the first British girl to play both roles, Glinda and Elphaba. Let's make some massive noise for Louise Dearman. <laughs> Sorry, with your merch and your, <laughs> and your sofa. This is amazing. Oh, no. How are you doing? I'm really good. I'm really good, thank this you. This is so funny because obviously we've chatted loads over lockdown and then to suddenly like be chatting on a sofa in front of people is the weirdest thing. And although I've done the whole podcast on Zoom and been desperate to be in a place with someone, to be sat suddenly across someone is the strangest thing but how having, having this like weird distance as well you just want to hug it out but you know we're good with that how's lockdown been then is it what have you been doing <laughs> not much <laughs> um 
it's been kind of weird because I think initially it was um, a shock for everybody and you go through that panic mode of what am I going to do? What are we going to do? This is horrendous. And then I think I, my little family, just settled into this, okay, this, this is what we're going to do. We're just going to enjoy the time. And I have to say, although there are many things about lockdown that were horrendous and, and the situation is still horrendous, there was a lot about it, I think, simplifying life and just enjoying really what you have, as cheesy as that sounds, I really liked that. Mm. I really liked just for once living in the moment and not worrying about what's next. Yeah. Even though it's probably a time to worry the most. But um, yeah, and now things are slowly coming mm. back together Yay! and we're getting there and there's some live gigs, which is so exciting. Um, so yeah, it's just about just trying to keep positive and, you know, stay on that positive road and try not to panic too much about when when's it going to be completely yeah. back to normal because you've got a little girl haven't you yeah lovely willow who's just the most adorable thing and i love all your social media stuff you put i love how you kind of just put her just sat i'm sure you set it up how you sit her like having a tea party oh and no it, and I it's swear, just i swear it's she's brilliant the lining up of like the teddies and all that that's all her work and do you think she's got a bit of showbiz in her well, every time I sing, she says, please, mummy, stop. <laughs> Mine do that. So Mine like, do that. It's oh, rude. Sorry, okay. some, some people pay for this, love. But, um, yeah, it's please, mummy, stop. But actually, she's slowly warming to it. I um, played her some music last night of me singing in bed, and she, well, I don't know how to take it. She fell asleep. <laughs> but that's quite a nice that's thing. That's a good thing. But um, I don't know. She's got great pitch. Has she? Yeah, she loves the harmony. I love that. Yeah. What? But I'm hoping not. I'm going to try and steer her in a different yeah, direction. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah. People say that about my boys. You know, you're going to... Are they interested? And it's really difficult when you've lived it. I mean, you've been really successful and done loads of shows, but suddenly when you become a parent, it's a big... It's a game yeah. changer, isn't and it? And I think as well, you're probably the same. I, I fully appreciate how lucky I've been. And I, I, I get that people go, oh, it's not luck, it's talent. I get there has to be talent. I get that. But also... <laughs> I know so many people who are ridiculously talented and don't get work or struggle to get work. Mm. And um, it's not all about that. It's not all about talent. So I, that would be my fear. But I guess you can have that in any industry at all, that fear. But um, yeah. Have you put her into any, has she tried out any classes or anything? She's still quite young no, though, isn't she's she? she's three. She turned three not that long ago. Um, I mean, I'm sticking her in football <laughs> and stuff like that. I'm like, go on girl, she loves to play football. Um, and I'd love her to get interested in music. That's yeah. one thing. I would just love her to do that. In fact, I said, if she learns a musical instrument, I'll learn it too with her. Yeah. I'd love that, any excuse. But um, no, she hasn't... If she asks me, if she hears about, you know, my friend does ballet or something, I'm not going to stop her, of course. Yeah. But um, I, I don't know. It's weird, isn't it? Because it I love weird. our industry, but yeah, it is I know weird. how hard it is. Yeah, it is weird. So going back to, like, when you were little, mm. what... What was it that inspired you? Did you just try everything out or did you have a clear idea that you wanted to be on stage? What was it that think, ignited it for you? I think initially it was three years old, strangely, same as my daughter. I went to ballet and then tap and modern. And then at 12, I started singing lessons and started going to musicals. And then I joined a school choir and we auditioned for Joseph at the Palladium and we got in. I remember you saying about that. And that... Honestly, that is the moment I thought, I have to do this. Like, I want to be on a professional stage. And people like, 
Anna Jane Casey yeah. in the ensemble then, you know, these brilliant, brilliant people, Nick Colicos, just loads of Glenn Carter, loads of people that, you know, we grew up watching. Mm. Um, yeah, and that was it. That was the spark of, I don't want to just do this as a hobby. Yeah. I want this to be my life. And then it was, we went to summer schools. I know. And, and that was it. It was just, I was hooked and there was nothing else. I was like, I'm not interested, not interested in anything Did else. you, what were your what did your parents do to kind of find the route to go? Because it's not it's mm. not particularly easy to go, oh, I'm going to go to a, a London college. And how did that happen? I think it was, they kind of followed my lead, really, strangely, because there were people who went to Lane Theatre Arts, which is where we trained. And so I, you know, aspired to be like them. And therefore, I researched where they went to college. Mm. And I said, oh, they do, they do summer schools. Can I go? Um, and I didn't audition for any other colleges. I don't know if you did, but... Yeah, I didn't get into I birth. I did it. <laughs> now they're gutted. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, it was kind of led by me. And I said, I want to audition. And thankfully got in there because I don't know what I would have done. But um, they've just always been really supportive. But the one thing they've always said, which I think I'll, I will carry through with Willow, is the second you don't love it anymore, the second mm. you don't enjoy it, there's no pressure, you just don't do it. Yeah. And you will have our support in that. So they've always just been brilliant in that way. Well, especially with our industry. I mean, you have to, you have to love it because it can be difficult. And yeah. those difficult times are when you have to find that passion and that drive yeah. to get through those moments. Yeah, and I tell that to students all the time who I'm teaching, just say, don't, just try not to be disheartened by those you know, hard times yeah. because we all go through them. Mm. Like people think that the minute you've made a success and you've been in lots of shows that, you know, you just get a phone call every five minutes oh. asking you to be in another show and it doesn't work like that. It's, <laughs> I it's, wish it did. It's, I know, it'd be <laughs> lovely. Surely I don't have to audition, darling. <laughs> but um, it's just not like that. There are just too many brilliant people out there. Yeah. I mean, you've done so many shows, but you, you did a lot of, I, I want to say groundwork early on. Yeah. Like you did a lot of, touring and a lot of still big shows but it took it took a little while and I was the same I was like why am I not seeing Lou in a massive show in London it took you but you proper did your yeah it took a while dues you paid your dues yeah I think I think everybody's journey is different and mine was definitely um, a slow steady climb up the ladder but also I went from you know playing lead roles in small productions um to, you know, playing small roles in huge productions. Yeah. And then I went um, back to understudying because I really wanted to work for the Donmar Warehouse. And then, as long as everything has a reason and you think that is a stepping stone to doing that next thing. And I'm, I, again, I say to lots of people that I work with, young students, I feel like if you're lucky, you get those big breaks really soon. But actually for me, I felt like it was a really good learning curve to mm. work my way up. Um, and then Wicked was just the ultimate, you know, that was the biggest moment. Um, but yeah, it's, kind of, it's taken a lot of time. I know I don't look old. <laughs> I'm 80. <laughs> uh, so talking about Wicked, because you've mentioned it, and it is a bit of a special because we all have that in common. How Everyone has their own Wicked story and we, we've all worked with various different people in the show and you know, it brings people various platforms and it's tough. It, yeah. There's a lot, of, uh, a lot of weight that comes with those roles mm. and you play both. I mean, for, for me to take on one and 
have the stress of that and it was amazing and I loved it and it, it, it was a dream role. But then, <laughs> then to be battered twice and go back <laughs> in, I mean, how, did, how was your experience and how, how was your experience? Um, um, amazing, question, really. obviously. Um, I think it's, it's important to tell people that, to balance it out because when I first joined Wicked, it was, I could not believe my luck. I couldn't believe that news that I had got the role of Linda. Um, and those two years, you know, it speaks volumes when you stay in a show for longer than one contract. Mm. It, I just wasn't done with her. I wasn't done with it. I wanted to stay and have just the best time and so much fun. And, and then, the, you know, the creative team who knew me very well after spending two years working with me and who'd been to see me in various concerts, knew me as a vocalist as well, just said, why don't you come in and audition for Elphaba? And you know, I, I say it a lot in interviews, but I genuinely would never have put myself up for that. I would have been too scared, even though I would look at the, you know, look at Rachel Tucker playing it and, you know, look at you who done it and just gone, oh, I'd love to give that a go. But maybe just for one night. Because <laughs> it's so really hard. Yeah. Maybe just, just like once. a concert. <laughs> but um, yeah, and, and I, it just all happened so fast. You know, I, I went in and I did the audition. They filmed it, sent it off. And I think for them, it was very much... Um, uh, to be able to say we have our Glinda's now coming back as Elphaba was a massive deal. Mm. So, and I'm so grateful for them for doing that. And I, I absolutely loved it. Of course I did, but it was so hard. And I don't know how you women have done it for more than one contract because <laughs> it's stressful. It's so stressful. Because there's a lot on your shoulders. There's yeah. so much pressure. And, you know, you've got all these, I don't know. Of course, Glinda is a huge role as well, but in a different way. It's not as intense vocally. Um, and so, yeah, I, I loved it and I appreciated doing it so much and so grateful for that opportunity. But I wish I'd enjoyed it more. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. If I went back again, which I wouldn't put myself through that stress, <laughs> but um, I would just give myself a break yeah. and say, for goodness sake, just, just enjoy, enjoy it. it. Yeah. It's not the end of the world if the note is not absolutely perfect. Yeah. But it's hard to do that when you're... We all care. We all get nervous. Yeah. We care what we're putting out. We care what people see and hear. Mm. It's difficult to not acknowledge that and take that on. Yeah, absolutely. But I think as you get more experience and you get older, you accept that you're not a robot. <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> and that you're not just hitting a button and miming to a song. Yeah. It's live theatre. And that is what's exciting about it. And I just think I would do it very differently. But, you know, I, I look back on that time and think, did that did that really happen? Yeah. Did I actually do that? But it was just wonderful. That show always, I'm sure with you, like, be so grateful for it. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's one of those things that will just stay with me for life. And, it, and it's what's interesting is that you go on and sing those songs around the world. Yeah. And people go crazy for, mm. for those, those songs. Yeah. And it, it still surprises me. You can be literally the other side of the earth and sing for good or seeing yeah. gravity or and people that they react in in mm. such a in such a dramatic way which is amazing so I, i'll be forever grateful for it too is have you got like a highlight i mean again you've done so many things and, and like evito is i mean a role i'd still love to play and i think you know it's amazing that you did that and so brilliantly and i remember being on tour and following your pictures around the country because you were kind of ahead of me in the tour and is there a moment that stands out that's just one of like your highest points oh, there's a there's a few but I think one massive moment was actually the uh, 
uh, Festival of Remembrance, which oh. you've done yeah. last year. And it yeah. was just like the pride. Oh, you were so good. The pride you feel, oh, it was like. Oh, you were so good. It was brilliant. I remember messaging you and going, I am terrified. Were you terrified? Yeah. She's like, yeah, of course. It's a big deal. And you feel such a sense of pride to have been asked. But it's, you know. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure because you have so much respect for these people, what they've done in the past, what they're still doing now, um, with the entire royal family there. My, I felt like my heart was going to come out of my throat mm. before I walked on. I was like, this is not good. Should we just calm down a little it's bit? nerves on another um, level. Yeah, mm. a heart, like heat, the heat rising. But I have to say, I walked out there and just said, get a grip. You'll, you know, you'll regret it if you don't enjoy this one. And yeah, it's, I still get goosebumps thinking about it. it. Yeah, that was a real stand-up moment. But there have been loads. It's... Yeah, been, I've been very fortunate. So I guess the other end of the spectrum, have you had any moments that have been pretty dark, like like tougher times that, that um, have made you wobble? Or? I think in my 20s, when you know I went straight into my first show, and then there was this big gap, this abyss of nothing for ages, where I'd just be auditioning and just wasn't getting anywhere. And I actually thought, that's it. You've done, you've done a show and you're not going to get another one. And as a, you know, a 21 year old, that just feels so, it feels like your whole world is crumbling. Mm. Um, and it's, you know, it's just about picking yourself up is really hard when you're told no for whatever reason after an audition. Even now it's hard to hear no, mm. of course it is. But um, you just deal with it differently now. I deal with it completely differently. I'm like, oh, well, you know, onwards and upwards. Yeah. But, you become um, quite resilient, don't you? you come yeah, definitely. It stings, but you kind of, you see it for what it is. Yeah. You just think it's, you know, it's not that I'm a terrible actress or a terrible singer or a terrible person. It's just that it's just not going to work this time around. Right. There's someone else who's better suited and that is the bottom line. Yeah, it's tough. It's, mm. So now you, you've, you've been teaching yeah. and that's kind of a more recent thing in the last kind of few years. Yeah. And I resisted teaching for a while because I felt like I wasn't ready and I didn't feel like I had the right... I felt like a fake I for did. a long time. Yeah. And how, how, how does it feel now? Do you feel like you have something to give? Yeah. Because I... And I say to all my students, I don't pretend or ever say that I am a qualified singing teacher. But what I have, what we have, is over 20 years of experience. Yeah. And we know our voices. We know other people's voices. And also what I like to think... I can offer is to build their confidence and mm. to find their, you know, the real sweet point in their voice, something that you can really make them feel great about themselves mm. and focus on that and, and develop them as artists as well. I just, I love it. I absolutely love it. Even though it's on Zoom at the minute, which is all just a bit <laughs> weird. You end up going like cross-eyed looking at the screen, but it's, um, it's still really enjoyable. And once I got over that, it doesn't matter that you're not that you don't understand every single element technically. Mm. Because I used to get so bogged down having singing lessons with the technicalities of it all. And I just wanted someone to say, you know, flatten your tongue at the back or relax your jaw or all these things that they're like, what? Sorry, what? Um, all these little things that you don't <laughs> think about. Flatten your tongue. Um, I just wanted someone to say that to me, which mm. they did. And then I, you know, embraced that and went with it. But I love it. Love to see their faces. Have you ever, any, have you ever had any, like, because I think you're one of the most technically brilliant singers that I know, and you can you can sing everything and anything, and you have this amazing. So 
I wouldn't say it. <laughs> Do some opera, Louise. <laughs> well, you, but you have such a skill. You, you sing things that I wouldn't even attempt. And do you think, have you ever had any, any days where you've just lost your voice completely and you've been... So much. It's terrifying. And it's always when you've got a massive gig coming up. What is that? <laughs> like when you wake up and go, I've got nothing. Or you just like the resonance of Barry White. It's just, yeah, it's horrible. But that is, again, that's just life, isn't it? You just get ill and it always just goes straight there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there have been many times when you've had to sing through it and you've had to do a concert and... And you're just like, oh. mm, yeah, it's but hard. It's it really hard. It but is hard. Yeah, that's all, you know, part of being a live singer. You just <laughs> got to crack on. Unless it's really bad, then you just don't put your audience through it. Um, no one needs to hear that. Croaking through a concert. Oh, dear. Um, um, so, so you've been doing something really exciting yeah. recently. Um, oh, let me just talk about you. Haven't you written some books as well? We're not talking about that yet. We're talking about Spoiler that, alert. Just, uh, Sorry. I have, um, before I even had Willow, I was doing the Guys and Dolls tour and I wanted some, I was on tour, so you miss home, you miss family. And I just wanted something to focus on in my days, you know, when you're just like lingering around the city centre, like shopping and spending money. Um, <laughs> so I started writing children's books and it was really just as something to do. I, d I don't think I ever thought, oh, I'll do something with them. And so I kind of put them you know, to the back of the cupboard. And that was that. And um, and now I'm about to release my Lullabies album. Yes. Which I'm so excited about. And it's honestly probably my favourite album I've ever done. And why, whole, why is that? Because the whole experience was so therapeutic. Like it was, I would go in the studio and it would be like I was just sat there singing to my little girl. Just the songs oh. that I chose and you know, not waking up and saying, oh, I've got to belt this massive song today in the studio. There's just none of that. And also the whole point behind it, I won't go into it too much, but is just to create a very calm atmosphere, you know, whether you are a parent or not. Um, I think we all just need time to just lay down, close our eyes, calm your breathing, all of those things. And in between each song, there's like those gorgeous sounds oh, that we'd all, we'd so all stick on YouTube when you're feeding a baby oh, throughout sleep. the night. Yeah, help oh. me, help me, ocean waves, ocean waves, rain falling, help me. in the morning. Like, yeah. Rainforest, rainforest. Just, like, just it's got all of that, you know, linked in with the music. So my hope is that it creates a beautiful, calm atmosphere for both baby and parents. Amazing. Um, and yeah, and I heard it for the first time in its entirety a couple of days ago. And I honestly, I cried because it was exactly what I wanted oh. it to be. It was just a really pretty album. And, um, and when's it out? Next month. I've, I've said next month for about three months. I get that. And where, where will people get it from? It's downloadable only. And nice. again, there's a reason behind that. When you are trying to sort out bath time or massage time <laughs> or bedtime for your baby who has got time to go find the cd player yeah. pop that in your laptop so my, my thought process was you always have your phone on you whether that's a good thing or not so to just be able to go pop that there and do your thing that was the thought behind it so alexa play louise yeah, yeah alexa um which willow started doing alexa <laughs> play baby shark i'm like just <laughs> can't deal with it and alexa understands her now so all hope has gone for me um so yeah, next month. Oh, it will be next so month. amazing. I mean, I could speak to you for hours, obviously, and we do. Yeah. Um, but I want to ask you one final question before I let you go. Right. 
if you could look back on your 20-year-old self starting out and give yourself a piece of advice that either you've been given or you would give yourself, what would it be of how to keep calm and carry on? Be kind to yourself. Because like, even now I have to kind of say that to myself now. But like, we're just, why do we all give ourselves such a hard time? And I really did, especially when I was younger. And I think I would just say, just be kind to yourself. You deserve happiness. You deserve love, getting really cheesy. But I just think um, there's too much competition and trying to be what we're not. And we should all just be happy in our own skin. Mm. And I, you know, I'm still working on that now, but really wish I would have said that to myself then. Oh, Louise, so lovely. It's so nice to have you here. So want to squeeze you. Oh, so want to squeeze you. Let's elbow it. Let's elbow it up. There we go. Amazing. <laughs> oh, how amazing was that with lovely Lou? What a dream she is. And please check out her album. I think it's called Baby Bedtime, Bedtime Baby. It's on iTunes and I've been, uh, it's amazing. I've already listened to it. It made me go to sleep and absolutely soothed me. So go and check it out. So up next, Another wicked favourite, um, another good friend of mine. Another fabulous voice, West End superstar, was performing in the show and Juliet before we went into lockdown. And uh, again, a rock god. Please welcome Oliver Thompson. Tell we haven't been on stage for a while, can't you? I know, I know, I know. It's such a joy to be in front of people. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming here today. My I know it's, it's tricky at the moment because you've got a family and, you know, coming into town and stuff is difficult and it's, it's so nice to have you here. It's been ages. Yeah. I haven't seen you in a while. I know. But um, how, how are you? How's things? Yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I think over this whole, the past, what has it been? <laughs> over six months now, uh, it's been up and down. I think like the rest of the world, we've had moments where you've kind of gone, oh, this is good. We're kind of mm. we're slowing down, we've stopped, we've got lots yeah. of time to do things. And then you have other things, other times where you turn on the news or you hear the radio and it, it stresses you out immensely. Yeah. So um, the honest truth is it's been really up and down. There's been some amazing highs and I've had a great time with my family and seeing my kids and they've, they've loved it and that's, that's, that's made it for me. Um, but it, it's uh, the, um, the pressure of being... Uh, a father and a sort of main breadwinner in our household and stuff and, and trying to trying to keep everything together and, and, mm. and say don't worry everything's going to be fine has has been tough at times yeah um but uh but luckily I think we are you know fingers crossed there is a there is a, a, the, the, a light at the end of the tunnel so yeah, fingers crossed. You made a brilliant... I mean, I love social media for just stalking all your friends. I love that. <laughs> and you can keep up to date with them. You made the best video about, about the kids going out and then such a lovely, beautiful, calm day. And you, got, you and oh, when Michelle they went were, school. like, skipping through the fields and then they come back <laughs> and it's like... Bah! And that's, that is my life. I, oh, well. And that's... I nearly cried. I just... It was the best video. I mean... Ha, have you just been entertaining yourselves through yes, yes, kind of very, finding ways to keep very it? Very much so. I'm kind of, I can, on, on social media and stuff, I can sort of completely disappear for weeks on end and all of a sudden, <laughs> so I think, oh, I'm going to get involved and interact <laughs> a little bit. And, and, uh, and, and the honest truth is I love making, like, <laughs> whenever we go on holiday or we have a day trip with my family and stuff, I always make some sort of home video film and my wife's like, Ollie, can you stop it with the big pano panoramic shots and the zo zooming in? The I'm filmmaking. Going, I'm just, can you just come back in through that gate one more time? <laughs> she 
she's like, come on, just keep it natural. I'm like, no, but I, I, I love doing that thing. So, I mean, I remember when they went back to school, it was a, a genuine feeling. I was like, this is a momentous occasion. This is, I've, we've been doing months on end of homeschooling, and now I can send them back to school. <laughs> and you've lost uh, your cast. Yeah, yeah I, had, I had, but I remember I, um, that morning, I was just, just filming going, God, it's really quiet, and Michelle was having a cup of tea. Oh. I was like, I'm going to go out for a little bike ride, and then, and then I, was, and I thought, you know, when my, when my son came home, I said, George, when you come in, just slam your bag on the ground and make it look really dramatic, because he loves the theatrics. I no. mean, even though he, he's a, he's, he, can be, he can be quite shy. He's a bit like me in the sense that... Shy. Well, <laughs> no, but I, lo- I, love, I love performing, but I sometimes wish I didn't have to do it in front of people. <laughs> that, that, kind really? of make, that kind of makes sense, yeah. Do you? Yeah. I'm surprised at that. Yeah, I, I mean, not... I mean, not... some people are quiet socially and then they go on stage and they, you know, it's like a release. Mm-hmm. But you uh, don't want people to watch you. That's no, funny. I, it's not as much these days, but I remember in the in the sort of early days of my career, I was completely crippled by inhibition and uh, and and nerves, and uh, auditions never used to go my way, and people had high expectations of me if they'd seen me in a performance situation versus what I did in an audition room. So it's um, so hard in an audition room. Yeah, though, it? It, it is. It's it's much tougher singing in the daylight in front of three people than it is singing in front of a thousand people. Mm. Uh, so that was, that, that's something that I, I, still, I still struggle with. But the, the, more, the more I've got used to it, in actual fact, this lockdown has taught me to be more patient and I've become less of a, of a perfectionist. And uh, I think I'm kinder to myself, um, the odd the few gigs I've had recently, when I've done them and I've, I've not Maybe I haven't hit the note as strong as I wanted to, or mm. I've, I've, I've mucked up a little bit on the words here and there. I, I used to come away really beating myself up, mm. whereas now I'm just like, ah, everyone seems to have a good time, so. Yeah, and also, don't you think we just, before lockdown, we were also, and you especially, we're all so busy. And I, 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 when I did the gig at the Coliseum, the live stream, um, that was magical. And I remember going, it was the first time I'd gone back into a theatre since lockdown and going in and just kind of being really like, oh my God, I'm in a dressing room. Yeah. I felt like, a, like a, I was fangirling to a theatre. I was like sitting in a dressing room going, <laughs> oh, there's lights and there's a mirror and I can plug my phone in. I mean, stupid yeah. things. And then when I walked onto the stage, it was like, I, I, it, it just took me aback. And I think I was so appreciative of, of what we get to do is so special. Mm-hmm. And we've been starved of it for so long that I think it was the same thing. I just enjoyed the performance of it and I didn't give myself a hard time. I think we're so used to going in, doing a gig, criticising yourself and getting out. It's, mm-hmm. it's tough to, to have that right balance. Did things change for you? Because you'd had a, an amazing career um, leading up to the birth of your first child. Mm-hmm. Was that a, a big change? Because suddenly in, a, in an industry that's quite tricky anyway you never quite know what's going on where you where your next job is coming was that a difficult decision to suddenly become a dad and suddenly have to support a family in such a crazy industry I mean it wasn't a difficult decision in the sense that I knew I always wanted to have a family I knew I wanted to be a father and um, and me and my beautiful wife Michelle we knew that it was time for us to start a family so uh, we were so excited and so confident in just doing that and knowing that there was never a wrong or a right time to yeah. start a family we just kind of went with it and yeah. I think 
probably a little bit naive about the uh, the logistics and the reality of, <laughs> of, of bringing up children and working in our industry. Um, but I think that's not a get out or a cop out because it, it can it's it can be easy or difficult on the from week to week. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was in We Will Rock You at the time, or was I in Rock of Ages? No, I was in We Will Rock You. And, so many um, shows. One of the rock shows, yeah. And, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I remember coming out of stage door and I'd had the call from my, my wife saying, I, I think things are starting to move on and think things are happening. I was like, <laughs> okay. And I came out of stage door and I didn't stop to do any autographs or pictures, I just ran. And someone stopped and shouted at me. And they were like, they were like, they were like, oh, rude, we've been waiting here for ages. And I just I remember running back to them. And I went, I went, I was really emotional. I went, I went, you don't know my life, my wife, my, my life, my wife is in labor, and I'm going home. <laughs> I was just really, really, really flustered. And I think it's the Very only, well I think, spoken as yeah, well. I, think I, love that. I think it's the only time I've ever been quite brash and rude at stage door. <laughs> and I felt awful running away, but I was like, I've got to get home. And um, and so uh, it was it was the best thing in the world. And because I was in work, yeah. I've got, yeah. got a few weeks maternity leave. I think, you know, we managed to sort of split it up. So I had like the first week off and then I went, I'm going to go back to work because in reality, how much do you really need me right now? <laughs> Not much. So I know in a couple of months time, you're really yeah. going to need yeah. me. So we, we broke up really nicely. It was a really lovely experience. But then obviously your job, the contract ends, you're out of work, yeah. your wages stop coming in. Um, I... Uh, and I, I'd also hit a point in my career where I'd done two big rock shows back to back and suddenly become the rock guy. Mm. And before that, I was known more classic leading man, sort of other roles and stuff. So I knew I, I knew for longevity I had to do something that was different. Mm. So I, I turned down a few jobs, even though I had a, a newborn baby, you know. And, uh, and I, I thought, <laughs> Michelle's like, what? Yeah, what are you doing? And um. And I started up a, a workshop teaching, an outreach program okay. where I would go all the way around the country and, uh, and teach young groups of kids, um, schools, theatre groups, wow. anyone who wanted to learn um, uh, more about musical theatre. Uh, I think I called it Tricks of the Stage. <laughs> but I'm uh, not quite as good as uh, Keep Calm and Carry On. Though, Thanks. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I did that teaching. I, I did that for a year. And because of the fear of not knowing where the next job was going to come from, I would take every, um, every offer I had, every time someone said, oh, will you come to Manchester and teach? Will you come to Scotland? I mean, I went everywhere, everywhere because, the, as you know, the profile of a few big West, West End shows is, is massive. I didn't realise how far it reaches. You just kind of think you're in London, it's, it's tourists and theatre enthusiasts and stuff like that, but how far it reaches in different age ranges. I mean, I was meeting kids who four or five years old who'd seen seen me in a show in, in we were rock you and, yeah. and like it was amazing to sort of see how many kids were actually still into the arts when we were still well and still are in a world where education is slashing it and cutting it and oh, cutting it don't. so so it became quite addictive um teaching and spreading the love of mm -hmm. theater especially musical theater but what happened was i was doing four sometimes five workshops a week and the money was coming in so I felt good that I was supporting my family but I was losing my voice because I was shouting and teaching mm. and trying to inspire children you know if you've ever taught a large group of kids it's <laughs> you know it's kind of like glorified childcare. but I, I, 
I, I did it. I, I enjoyed it. And I'm shouting at them going, come on. Are we here? I mean, I'm doing song, song and dances with them from someone who, you know, is, would, is loosely qualified as someone who should be teaching dance. Um, but <laughs> but I, I did it because I loved seeing, mm. I loved seeing the results and, and seeing kids come away from it um, feeling inspired about moving on in, in that direction. Um, but like I said, I lost my, 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 my speaking voice just was destroyed. And yeah. so when I started going back into plan A, if you like, we're auditioning and continuing my career as a performer and singer, I couldn't sing the material people expect me to sing. So it was, it was, it was really uh, tough. I, I, just, I, I started cutting down on teaching and I had to see a few speech therapists and vocal coaches and I was like, what's going on? And they were like, the problem is not with your singing voice, it's your speaking, speaking voice. It's because I've been shouting. And, mm. and you hear it a lot. I have friends who are teachers who do have voice problems from shouting over screaming kids. Mm. Um, yeah, and, uh, and then I got an audition for Guys and Dolls, which didn't require me to sing right up there. Yeah. And I managed to get it. And also it was a perfect job because it was a complete contrast from the rock shows okay. I'd done. Um, and I am very proud and glad that I sort of held fast and, and did do that because now people will bring me in for all sorts of things yeah. rather than sort of the pigeonhole that is so easy to fall into. It's hard though because when you are doing a show for a, a year which is the norm contract your voice does get used to you can sing those things and then suddenly if you have to sing something very different it's hard even to audition with that mm -hmm. kind of song and under all that pressure your voice is all over the place that's why if I teach or do any workshops I'm saying sing everything, just sing everything, yeah. so that you're using all of your voice all the time, just so that you're ready. Because there's nothing worse than turning up to audition and going, I could usually sing this, I tell you, I promise. I know. It's hard, it's really I think hard. I said that once in an audition. <laughs> I can I think, do it. I think I did. For when I actually, when I auditioned for Kinky Boots, um, I, um, I, was, I had a real problem with some of the songs. I was like, God, I should be able to sing these, why can't I do it? And even at the end of the song, a big note, I remember stopping, I, I said, do you know what, in the shower, <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I felt I, I felt that. so awful. I was like, oh my god! In the I've shower. become everything that I've told people never to do. <laughs> shower is much better, but I mean, I think they I think they still gave me the job because they were confident that in the shower. You know, in the shower, you can do it. So um, yeah, just put a shower yeah, on. Put the a shower stage. on stage, you're fine. <laughs> you might sell a few more tickets. That <laughs> well, would, maybe that's another show. <laughs> um, you you didn't you start um, kind of singing and dancing a bit later? You weren't. You didn't start very like young, did you? Did you I mean, come into it well, later? I mean, my mum, my mum had a dance school, and um, and uh, so it was, and she was an actress when she was younger, and my dad was a my dad was a sort of semi professional singer. So I was surrounded by it, but mm. I don't. Um, apart from sort of dipping in and out of my mum's dance classes, um, but because I was a bit of a tear away, it was. Definitely sometimes I'd, I'd shout at her in the middle of the class and go, you're not my mum. Well, she was my mum, but you wanted to say, you're not my mum. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, it, was, it was kind of in and out. But when I decided that I wanted to get into theatre, I remember my mum going, well, you're definitely coming to class now. Yeah. And you need to learn to really move because you're going to be up against kids who've been in stage school all their lives. And actually what I discovered when I got to full-time training was that a lot of the people who'd been, in, had been child actors and been in full-time training their whole lives, like, like, I mean, full-on, not just, like, evening classes. Mm. Like, not all of them, but some of them, I think, had burnt out a little bit because I think there is a fine line between encouraging your children to 
be involved in the arts and uh, and also letting them be kids mm. and letting them experiencing life and and also to find I think similar to what Louise was saying about finding their own passion and actually them doing yeah. it for the right reasons. Mm. Uh, so yeah, but but actually going at it full on and actually really falling into it. I don't remember singing much until I was sort of in my late teens. But because my dad, my dad has this beautiful voice, like amazing, to the point where I don't think I, I remember not singing a huge amount when I was really young. I remember listening to him a lot because of that. I see it in my son George as well. Now he um, he's he's always like he's like he'll, he'll say stuff like "Daddy, you've got a really good voice." I'm like, Thank, "Thanks." <laughs> and um, sometimes he'll shout. Uh, recently, he's been going, "Alexa, play Larger Than Life from Oliver Thompson." Oh, that's like, so I, cute. It sounds like it's my own show, but so. <laughs> uh, uh, he will. And so he's so I see that in my son as I did with my my dad, but. I, the, the, I remember someone being maybe 16, 17 and someone saying, you've got quite a good voice, you should possibly sing some more. And um, I'm a singing teacher friend of my mum saying, he doesn't breathe. He just he <laughs> he doesn't just take sings. a breath. <laughs> and so at that point on, people, I was sort of encouraged to breathe. do a bit more. Breathe, yeah. And then I saw Adam Garcia in Saturday Night Fever. Oh. And I saw him dancing up a storm and singing up a storm and like, having more charisma than I'd seen ever mm. and then I remember sitting in the audience and going looking over my shoulder and being like the chicks are digging this guy <laughs> I was like they are really digging this guy and as a as a, as a teenager <laughs> as a child I had real trouble with the girls with the ladies I never I could never get any I, well, are you joking no you're something no I mean if I should I mean for those I, that can't see right now <laughs> I'm I mean I've been this I've been this height since I was about 10 and I was half the weight. I was like this gangly mess. Which is hard when you're younger, isn't it? Because you just don't want yeah. to be different. When you're younger, you just want to fit in. Exactly. And then to be anything slightly. But when you get older, you're like, I love that I'm tall. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. But it was, it was, yeah, I had real trouble with the ladies. <laughs> so you got into theatre <laughs> so for the ladies. Because I thought maybe I might find a nice, <laughs> attractive, kind, loving woman, which and you I did. have. So, um, but, I, but honestly, as a teenage boy, that was probably one of my biggest motivations, was seeing, <laughs> seeing the adoring, adoring fans. I mean, I didn't quite achieve the Adam Garcia uh, heartthrob status. But, um, oh, but, I don't know. but then obviously when I got offered Wicked, it was to understudy Adam. I think, on the, I think, I think in the, fir the first day of rehearsals, I went up to Adam, I went, you're the whole reason I'm doing theatre, I love you. <laughs> um, so... So yeah, it was even though my parents were obviously theatrical and I think they did a lot of op Amdram operatic stuff. And I, I think I, I, I kind of toyed with the idea of, of, of pursuing it, but I was more interested in PE and sports. <laughs> and because PE was my favorite subject, I just thought I'll be a PE teacher. Then I just get to do PE all my life, mm. thinking that I'd just be doing PE rather than being a teacher. I thought I'd just, <laughs> just join in with everyone and, play, and score a goal against a load of 10 year olds and be like, yeah. But, um, yeah, so it, so I, I guess in the grand scheme of things, I did come to things quite late, um, and I feel like I feel like a lot of things in creatively, theatrically, have come to me later um, than maybe I planned. Just with starting off my career and auditioning, and and feeling like I had something to offer, and just scraping in into the ensemble, which was I was very grateful for. But I think I always kind of sort of thought a little bit, I was like, 
I want to, I want to, I want to sing songs. I like, I like everyone does. Yeah, so you think, yeah. I want, I want to, I want, I want to further myself. I want more responsibility. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it slowly, slowly grew. And I'm very grateful for Wicked giving me a, a chance. I don't know if you know this, but I mean, I was, when I was understudy Fiero and the following year, the Wicked will kill me for telling you this, but <laughs> um, they, um, they phoned up and they said, oh, sorry, Oliver's not going to be offered Fiero. It's been offered to Duncan James from Blue. Um, and I think he was, he was out of Blue and, and Duncan's great. He'd be great voice. He'd be a fantastic Fiero. But um, uh, they'd offered it to him and for whatever reason, he didn't like the length of the contract because at didn't the like time... Lady, lady. Didn't like the lady, lady. <laughs> didn't like the length of the contract and stuff. And, uh, and so he eventually, it went, it went south and then they called me up again. They went, uh, is Oliver interested still? And my wow. agent was like, well... <laughs> I was like, don't say well, don't say well, just say yes, just say yes. Because I was very like, just that, that, that transition is so hard to make. Mm. It's even more so in this, this time, you know. Yeah. With the world of celebrity and stuff, and, and don't get me wrong, there's a lot of celebrities out there who do a fantastic job. Mm -hmm. But um, in the world of theatre, sort of trying to further yourself and get bumped up into the leading category, category is, um, is, is, very, is very hard. So... I'm very grateful to Wicked for that. Mm. Um, and it was a great job and had a great time. We had a laugh. Mm. We did giggle. We did I mean, giggle we've a lot. We've told the story endless times about, mm. about giggling all the way through as long as you're mine. I mean, I've never laughed so much in my life. So much so, we sh probably should have been fired. But we, well, you tell it, because oh. you tell it better than I do. So, <laughs> so for those of you who know Wicked, Fiero and Elphaba come into the stage and fall to their <laughs> fall to their knees to sing a loving duet like within inches of each oh. other and um and it started and if i remember correctly didn't you you didn't sing the first line i forgot the line so i went so i I've went been singing it for a year i mean i just forgot them i went kiss me too fiercely <laughs> like like for, like in the girl's gone. key trying to give it to you she I was, went i was gone. i went we both went, and then I think we managed to get most of the words out, oh. but just between the two of us, like constantly, and it sounded nothing like the original duet, <laughs> laughing so much. And the only thing, the worst feeling was at the end of the song, it was like, we kissed, and instead of hearing like rapturous applause, we just heard like a murmur of people going, well, I don't know, it's, just, <laughs> it's disgusting. And a few people like, oh, just absolutely disgraceful behavior. I don't, so we and, oh. and instantly, and then me and Kerry, we 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 didn't really have a giggle or smile at each other we for about three weeks. We had to pretend we were angry at each other for about a couple of weeks. More so, Kerry than yeah. me. Oh. Kerry was angry at me. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and our resident director was like, "I don't think I need to tell you about that." I was like, "No, no, we know." <laughs> you were like school children. But I still use that to this day. Oh, like if I'm going to go, if I'm going to corpse, I normally normally now I can bring it back straight <laughs> because I think, "Don't do that." Because feeling a whole audience of about 1,500 people, like, disappointed in you. I don't know it's if you know what we do this for, but it's kind of not that reaction. Oh, it's the best kind of laughter, though. It's because it, you're not, it's, it, you're not allowed to, or you're not, you're not meant to. And it's, but it's the funniest thing. I mean, I, you're, you're, you're clinging on to everything to not laugh. And I, I'm sure I nearly wet myself because it was so funny. Um, <laughs> Uh, is there is there is there anything is there a role that you haven't played that you you kind of think that's the one that's the ultimate or is there there's a role that always uh comes back to me um that a show i saw uh, full monty the musical 
yeah. You'd be great in that. There's a, there was a part... <laughs> in the shower. In the uh, shower. In the shower. Um, yeah, there's, 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 there's a part called Jerry in Full Monty the Musical. And I don't think, it, I mean, I think it ran in the West End for a few years, but it wasn't hugely successful. And I was, I was like, this is great. Why isn't, and I loved it. And I would love to do that. And I, I, I actually have, like, I've been, there's more plans to sort of do, I'm starting to do more sort of charity events and mm. feel like it's time to start giving back a little bit more. Mm -hmm. and now that my kids are a bit more grown up, I have, a bit, I have more excess energy, which is good. There was a, for the first five years, I had no excess energy, <laughs> whereas now my stamina is much higher. And now <laughs> I can afford to sing outside the shower a few more times. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'd like, to, I'd like to do sort of, you know, people are always putting on these shows of this, this parts they never played and stuff yeah. like that. Something along those lines, like yeah. a, a like a, a forty-eight hour musical or something in Full Monty, which I think would do very well because I think if you got the right group of lads, then people would flock yeah. to see us would. whip our shorts off. They would, they and it would give me a good excuse to get to the gym. <laughs> I've always I've always needed some motivation you're to always, really hit the gym. You're pretty active though. You're always kind yeah, of doing. I, I, I know, but I ran a, I ran a hundred k in June and a hundred miles in July, just trying to challenge myself, and I lost one pound. <laughs> So running is not the way to uh, shed shed pounds. Oh my goodness! Um, uh, it, it, you did it, uh, the Umbrella Rooms. Yeah. Uh, you did a live stream. Yes. Um, which can people still get that? Um, I think they can. I think uh, I think the original plan is to leave them up for a week, but because people are still wanting yeah. them, they've just kind of. I think it's. I'm not sure. I don't want to say too much, but. I think you can still get them. Go and get them because it'll be a concert worth seeing. It won't disappoint. It's just the Umbrella Rooms. No, it's the Umbrella Rooms Live, isn't it? Yeah. I'll put it on my website and stuff. Has yours gone up yet? You've done one. Oh. She hasn't done one yet. You should do one. <laughs> you should do one. Yeah, no, I have. And it was and Lou's done one too. So go and check them out because they're worth they're worth having a little look. Um, I could talk to you all day, obviously, but we will be here forever and we can't be. Um, but I have to ask you one final thing before um, I, I'm not going to let you go, um, but we may let you sing. Um, if you could look back on your 20-year-old self and give yourself a piece of advice that either you've been given or you would give yourself, what would it be of how to keep calm and carry on? Uh, someone once said to me not long ago a phrase that was... Um, we're not packing parachutes. And that's something I say to myself whenever I think, I can't go out there, I can't sing this, my voice is going, I can't do it. Is I literally just say that, I'm not packing parachutes, which is basically to say, no one's gonna die. Yeah. And it's just to give myself a, to, that, that's what I was saying about learning to cut myself a break a bit. And, um, and that, that is what I would say to my 20-year-old self, even though he probably didn't need to hear it, probably my 30-year-old self needed to hear it. <laughs> In my 20s, I was kind of a bit more bulletproof, but um, it, um, when, it, when it hits you, and I think it hits everybody at some point, that sort of, probably you lose a little bit of direction mm. and uh, you start to feel anxious and start to worry about all the external things that are going on, making a living, providing for family, looking after yourself, keeping momentum going mm. and all the things. And really, it all comes good in the end. And you have to realize that everyone is on a different journey and everyone has, 
everyone has their moment to shine. You have to, and the only way you can sort of hope for that to come back in your direction is to support other people. Mm. Is when help other people's light shine brighter, and one day they will do the same for you. And I think that's that's kind of how I'm how I how I've definitely started to approach stuff over the past sort of four or five years. That's wonderful, Ollie. Thank you so much. It's been so great to have you here. My I hope you're enjoying this amazing show. And don't forget, if you want to watch the full version, you can if you visit bravoproductions.com. It won't be available just yet, probably two weeks' time, but I will let you know when it's available and you can watch the whole live stream with a few little extra special songs just to keep you entertained. Um, so let's head back to the live show where Ollie and I have the most incredible guests joining us on the sofa. It's Alice Byrne. Yay! <laughs> Alice, thank you so much for being here Thanks today. For it's me. so nice to have you. And it's crazy. It's a crazy time, and I'm so glad you're here. So tell me what's going on. How's lockdown? You've been busy. You've been actually Do you know busy. what? Yeah, I won't, um, I won't be that person that goes, gosh, you know, I can't wait for it to end because actually I've, I've managed to do quite a lot in, what is it, seven months now, seven, seven? Something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I've, I've actually done things that I didn't think I could do and, and managed to sort of work um, lots, actually. And so I've been really, really lucky. I think, you know, this is a Wicked special, so I mentioned it. I think that the platform Wicked has given me, has helped dramatically during this time for me because it means that um, we have a fan base, but also that we have lots of loyal fans and lots of um, people sort of believing that we can do it um, because we've, of what we've done before. So it's helped me a great, a great deal in this time. And I mean, I, I think like Louise said it, I think, you know, there's, there's parts of it I've really enjoyed, you know, that I, and I feel sort of really sad saying it. And it's a terrible, terrible year for our industry and for so many, so many industries, for the world, for people. But, you know, I can't deny the fact that suddenly I've seen my dog more than I have ever seen her before. And she's thrilled. Um, <laughs> you know, she's like, mum, never go away. Like the look I got today when I left the house, you know, I was like, you're leaving. You know, this must be the end of the world, you know, sort of thing. Um, and, and seeing, you know, my, me and my husband, we, we do the same thing. And so we've been in shows. And, and so you sort of see sporadically, you do little bits and pieces, make sure you always do. But of course, now it's all we've done is see each other and make dinners and gone for really long, lovely dog walks. And, and, and it's, there's, a, there's an element that I've gone, yeah, okay, we've got loads of things done in the house. House has never looked so good. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, all the little bits that we wanted to do. So, so there's been aspects where I've gone, we've had the time to do that. And that's, you know, very, we've, we're quite lucky um, in that respect. Because um, when I hark back to thinking the day that we all closed, um, I did, I think I did an Instagram live um, felt the need, don't know why, but just went, going to go on. And I just burst into tears. Um, and I was fine at first, because I'd expected it. I'd built myself into this. I don't know if you had, but I'd really gone, this is happening. In a it's not happening today, it's happening next week, it's happening soon, we'll be closed for a, for a time. I mean, I was upset when they thought it was going to be 12 weeks. Yeah. <laughs> they said, they said... They we said, said June, didn't yeah, we? They, they, yes. said, they said, said, we may shut down for, you know, 10, yeah. 10 to 12 weeks. And we went, sorry, what? Week, you mean days? Mm. They were like, no, 10 to 12 weeks. We we're like, yeah. oh, no. Whereas yeah, now I'm like, 10 to 12 weeks, easy. It's nothing. Yeah. yeah. So we, so yes, um, I, and I, I, so from that to, to now, um, maybe I just accepted it. I'm quite a realist when it comes to stuff like this. And I go, 
this is what it is. You have to do, this, you have to live through it. You have to sort of battle on and accept that it's a, a massive chunk of time that no one ever, it was un completely unprecedented. Yeah. The word unprecedented, I've never said more <laughs> yeah. in a whole year. Because <laughs> you, 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 you were actually in a show and didn't the whole of the West End get, they were, you were all in, you were all warmed we up. Uh, people wasn't had six o'clock. People had pin curls ready for their wigs <gasps> to be put on. And um, it was, yeah, so it was that time where they were doing coronavirus briefings um, uh, <laughs> every day at five. And, um, and, and they came on and they said, you know, well, yeah, well, you can't gather anymore was essentially what Which they sort of said. Which is a problem in a show. It's, it's a tad problematic <laughs> when you've got an audience in a show. Uh, but, but they said that at five o'clock and I'll warm up at six. So everyone was on their way in. And during that hour, it had been agreed amongst all the theatres and Salt and the producers, you, we can't, you can't do a show tonight if that's been the, the guidance. Um, and so we all got, came down to warm up and it was, God, it was, this, it was just horrible. And I just went, so I said, right, okay, it's now. Um, but it was, it was heartbreaking. What we, what we all did was as soon as it was decided we weren't going on that night was we all went and got the bottle of champagne that we'd inevitably given on the first Opening night, night. <laughs> came down to the stage and just absolutely plastered. Um, and have continued. Because there was nothing that was, I saw that video. There was nothing that we could do. Yes, yeah. we were all, yeah. And we all just, and because uh, there was nothing to do but drink at that moment. Do you know what I mean? It was just, um, because it was just so... We're going to cry and we're going to drink. And, um, and uh, yeah, it was, uh, but actually it was quite then a moment. On every night. Every day, yes. <laughs> yes, every day since. Seven months, thank you. Um, no, it, yes, it was, so it was, um, it was really an extraordinary night in, um, in our history of theatre, really. It will never, well, I don't think that'll ever be sort of equals if you were there that night that you mm. all got told you were closing, I think is, um, is quite, is, is, it's quite hard to remember, actually. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? It's we, none of us have ever experienced it before, and hopefully, when we do get back, we won't experience it again. Um, but you got really busy in lockdown, and you created your own show, as such, called yes, Intermissions. I did. Talk to me about that. Tell me so, how it came about. Well, I'm someone that can't sit still. Is I've always been a bit like that. Even when I'm in a show, I'm doing something in the day, or if someone offers me a gig on the Sunday on my day off, I'm like, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> so I'm someone that can't really do nothing, and. And so then you take the only thing I was doing with the film, at the, um, with the show at the time, and I went, I've got to do something. I can't. I know it's lockdown, but I can't sit and yeah. watch Disney Plus forever. You know, <laughs> which, which um, thank God it came out. Don't, don't get me wrong, but I couldn't. You know, there's only so many times I can watch the Marvel series. Um, I love the Marvel love series. Love the Marvel series. And then when Hamilton came out, you know, thank the Lord, you know, but it was, there was only so much you could do. So I came up with this idea... There was lots of, lots of gigs being done because it was locked down in people's homes mm. um, when you literally had yourself and your partner, you know, <laughs> and a backing track. Oh, you know, it was loads of Tough those. times. Tough Start times. Time. Yeah. Um, and I sort of, I preempted the slight uh, alleviation of the lockdown. As I thought, surely at some point in the summer, they will say you can go outside, <laughs> you know, and, um, and that you can meet more people uh, even like up to six, you know, or something mm. or 10, as what I was sort of predicting. And so I came up with this idea and it was a, it was a long time in the making where I said, what if we did it outside? So it's okay, we're out outdoors. I've got a really nice garden. So I thought, God, I could do it in my garden and we could set it all up. I've got a friend who I said, could you, would you be able to set it all up streaming wise and with cameras? Mm. Now, what was initially just a very small concert that I was going to do outside with maybe one guest became 
a four gig series right, with lots of people with interviews uh, and we had it all outside people with garden guests we called them we had a green room outside um, we had other people being guests coming on we sang new people new songs we sang, so it was just it went huge and then we even did this section where because so many people in our industry were suddenly out of work they were setting up lots of second businesses um, people wearing, were making masks, yes. people were... Headbands. Yeah, headbands, people were making clothes, mm. people were um, making sort of ornaments and stuff. And I just thought, what about a whole section where we show what people are doing because they can't do their job anymore, yeah. you know? And they're being creative and finding a way to be creative in a completely different way because they have to. Um, because we're creative and we have to do it. Just the reason that I had to do the gigs was the same reason that these people went, I have to just do something. Mm, and yeah. So we highlighted those and we did stuff like that. And um, and it just became, God, a, a, just the most wonderful. We did it every, every Friday for four weeks. And um, at the end of it, I went into what was my second depression, basically, of the year. <laughs> because I just went, oh, I was gone again. You know, I just got nothing again. Because it, it was so amazing. We had all these people doing it and being creative again and being surrounded by talented people mm. and um and it suddenly all came to an end again and and so i got it was just a, the most amazing four weeks and i had you know brilliant guests and people willing to give up their time and um do you think you'll do it again yeah yeah and christmas i think i think coming. i'd like to do a christmas one <laughs> thank you Kerry. i think um Oh God, I'm going to give you an exclusive as well, Carrie. I'm going to, we're going to call it Winter Missions. Oh! I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Good. And so, so. I think that's just beaten Keep Calm and Carry On. Oh, steady. <laughs> You're still here. Um, um, can people still see um, the, the ones that were filmed in this? So time? they can't at the minute, but I'm about to, um, there's this new platform about to uh, be released next month and which I'm going to release them onto this Brilliant. said plus platform because I think they were great. And, yeah. uh, you know, if I do say so myself, I know I created them. But do you know what I mean? Like they, they were really, there was some brilliant people involved. And listen, it's the, some of the only performances that we've got at the minute. We're happening, you know? yeah. And, and so how do people find it? How can people get it? I can't tell you that yet because it's a secret. Oh. So you'll have to just follow my socials. <laughs> yeah, and find out when I do it. Um, I'll add it. I'll yeah, add it yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, but it will be available again. And then when we do the, the Christmas, I want to do like a Christmas special of it. Um, and I even want, we had this bit where we had a social media. So you could, you could send a tweet in or something and say hashtag what intermissions. And we would read out and say what they were doing or where they were. Um, and I really, this is another, I'm going to give you another exclusive. <gasps> I really want to have a panto dame doing that section and just absolutely grilling people when they send oh, a picture in. Brilliant. Being in full garb. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Wouldn't yeah. that be amazing? Well, we're um, not going to get many pantos, are not, we? And there's so going to be lots of dames to pick from. There will so, be. <laughs> uh, they're all going to be like gagging In your garden. Us. Yes, basically. So, yeah. <laughs> so, no, I do want to do another one, mainly because I just enjoyed it so much. And, and secondly, because I just can't sit still and do absolutely nothing. Oh, it's brilliant. It's, <laughs> it's fantastic. I did catch a couple of them and it was so, it was so good. Um, you. So you have to talk to me a little bit about Wicked because that's our little common yes. thread. How, you did it for two, two years, but, well, three years in total. I, I stood by um, for one year. Uh, yes, thank you. The best, the best come out standby. <laughs> um, and, then I, and then I took over from Philomine uh, when she left. Uh, who's and I did a, it for two who's years. unbelievable. Um, who's a machine. Machine, yeah. I think I learned from machines, actually. Because mm. I was Rachel Tucker for the first five months and then Villamine for the second five months. And um, 
and sort of like you you sort of had to go right well I've got to do all eight then because they have you know yeah. I've got to prove it you know and and so so yeah because they were utter machines um and brilliant to learn from as well I think you know just, I think in in Oh, they're old school. I sort of say it, and I don't mean they're old, but I mean they're old school talent. It's just like, yeah, you do it, you turn up, and you do it a thousand percent every night, um, no matter what. And I and I loved, I loved them for that, and they taught me that. I think, and they taught me that it's possible in that job because you think hmm. when you watch it, you go, that's not possible, um, and yet <laughs> watching those, <laughs> watching watching those people that come before you that that show that you it's possible gives you actually it gives you a little bit of pressure, but I think it does give you that. Okay, what what is it that that, that I that they are teaching me here, and what is it that I have to accomplish that they are accomplishing? And I think it gave me a great sort of uh, lesson in that. I think watching them. Did you? Because uh, obviously, Wicked. What, when did you come in? About four or five years in, something like that. No, darling. 10th anniversary oh, I God, came in. don't say that. Darling, it was a lot. Yeah, sorry. It all that. merges to one. I know. Um, but did you have your eye on it? Would you think? That's what I want to play. Because so, you've done other shows, but was that like... Well, I actually remember when your first night, from when you were standby and then you went on, because had you just done Les Mis? Yeah. The year before. Right, because I was in Les Mis, you see. Oh. And so there was lots of people that had done Les Mis with you that were still in the cast. And I think it was Jenna Boyd, who I'm now doing Come From Away oh. With, like ran in just going, Carrie's getting graved up! <laughs> like really, like really dramatically. And I was like, what does this mean? She was just going on tonight for the first time. And so... Um, I, I and I had. I love that it reached another show. Baby. That's fantastic. Oh, it was, <laughs> darling, it was West End gossip that night. It was Woo! Wicked has stopped and they are greening carry up as we speak. Um, oh gosh, it was all that anyone was talking about. No one cared about one day more. All we cared about was Kerry going on and singing. Um, and so yeah, so I remember that actually, but I hadn't seen it by that point. I had heard it because who hadn't? Um, because of the Broadway recording coming out and it, it coming over to, to London. But it wasn't until, gosh, I think I really waited for some reason to see that show. I think I waited about three years. Um, and when I finally saw it, I went to see a friend on playing Glinda. Um, and I sat there and I, I wasn't very far from the front. I think I was quite lucky. I was in Oprah G or something. And I sat there and went, it wasn't that I said, I'm going to do it. I'm never that person. But I said, I'd, I'd give that a good old go. <laughs> it was, was what my thought I was. I could give it a go. I'd give that a really good go. If someone let me one day, I would, I'd love to give that a go. Um, and my experience of it from then was whenever I could, I auditioned for it and just never got it five times. Um, I, the first time I was up for it, I was up for it at Nessa Rose as well. They didn't know where to put me. Um, then a couple of times I was up for standby and then I finally got it um, on the fifth attempt where my mum said... Oh, you're not going up for that show again, are you? <laughs> it was that kind of reaction. I was oh, like, yes, man. my last time, I swear. Um, because I just thought it was one of those, it was going to be that, what, that show, you yeah. know, that just didn't, that passed me by. Um, so when I got it, you know, I sort of, it wasn't even excitement. It was like, yeah, damn, I'm time. Met, yeah, I'm Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> so it was more time. that, this is my time. And um, I, made the, I made the most of that standby year um, because it's quite glorious to be the standby because you get to sit in a lovely dressing room and sort of have lots of cups of tea. Um, but at the same time, have that nerve-wracking, could be any moment now that yeah. you're called down to stage to get green. Um, so and I quite liked, I quite liked the sort of the challenge of that. Um, but I think I'm the only standby that's never gone on mid-show. Oh. oh. 
Yeah, I think I'm, I think I've got that mantle. That's a good thing. Yes, that's what I've been told. That's a really good I've thing. I've been told that. I once went. I once had an alphabet changeover. I don't know who it was. <laughs> Could have been me. I think probably. it might have been you. I'm they call it a witch. <laughs> they call it, it a witch switch. Yeah. Witch I love switch. that. But it, it happened, it happened without me even knowing. <laughs> I literally, I ran up the stairs with the bear cub, and I crossed the bridge, and, and you uh, came down. And I turned <laughs> around, and I went. It's a different alphabet. <laughs> And I was like, just carried on. I was like, when, um, did no one, no one's, no one's, <laughs> no one told why me. is no one telling me? When, um, when it's Villa all about the girls, isn't it, this yeah, show? It's, it's all about the girls. Um, when Villamine was there the first time, her standby was Emma Hatton. And they, and wow. Villamine is like 6'2". She's like a giant. And Emma is like Diddy, right? Yeah. And they did this witch switch. Um, uh, during, uh, I can't remember where it was, but anyway, she literally, ran, one of mine ran off and Emma ran back on and literally had suddenly gone the height to go to like here. Um, and they were just, everyone was like, hold on, I think something's different, you know? Um, so no, I've, I've, I've never done that. Now, me and Laura, who's my standby, we actually are really quite similar. Um, and um, because I've had so many people go, oh, darling it's so good tonight thanks so much for a great show and I was like I'm definitely sitting at home with a cup of tea but thanks um, because we all we look quite the same so I took it um, took the <laughs> um, uh, and pretended but um, uh, but yeah um, uh, yeah so I did yeah so I, I, it was a many many times I was up for that show and um, and so very very grateful that I got it and at the time I got it as well they always say you get it at the right at the right time mm. you get the chance to do the right job and I would never have done it at any other time without my Sophie either. So, um, yes. uh, my wonderful Sophie, uh, and we did it together, and we had the most wonderful, wonderful time together. And yeah, and I just, gosh, I, I loved it. Was it everything you kind of expected it to be? It, I think it kind of was. I think for me, the hardest, I, you can, you know, it's a big thing. Like it's, there's no denying that. Um, but the thing for me wasn't my my mountain to climb actually it was the physicality I mean I'm so laid back in life that I'm horizontal you know <laughs> um and so to suddenly be doing a show and a role that is so front-footed and and two and a half hours of running around mm. um and and, con and in really heavy outfits mm. with a different prop every scene you know it was just uh, it, I, I was like gosh this is actually as tiring as it gets mm. um but I think I was really grateful for the show in a way that it taught me, you may be laid back in life, but you can do it if you need to. Yeah. Um, and you, if you have to run that marathon, because I called it, I called it a marathon. I said, if you have to run that marathon, you can actually. And, um, and I, I actually always, that was the one question mark in my whole career was, if you were given that kind of a role that's that hard physically, emotionally, can you do it? Um, and so I was really proud of myself at the end of it. I remember saying that the last night. I, I'm just so proud of myself that I got here. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm, my favourite thing to say was, I am still standing and I can still speak. Oh. <laughs> yes, I've had those days when you go home in the car and you're like... <laughs> yeah, I can still walk and I can still talk. I think oh. I've nailed it. <laughs> have, but you're a little bit like Lou. I think you have one of those incredibly technically great voices. Have you ever had any problems? Because if you're going to have any, that's the show. Well, you wouldn't. And, and I really didn't. And I actually felt that the longer I did it, the better it got. Yeah, because you're building because up you the muscle. Because you built it up. And if I had a week off, it was like torture to go to back. To come back. Oh, God, yeah. it was like crikey. Yeah. You know, um, so actually, I, 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 it was okay. And I, I'm really aware of my voice as well. I know if 
it's going to come out. I was always, one of my favorite sayings was, oh, well, something will come out. But if something wasn't going to come out, I knew. Yeah. And I would, I would call it. Um, I'm not that person that will throw myself in front of an audience when I know that there is someone else in the building that will do it better than yeah. me that day. So um, I'm very aware of that and know when to take the rest in order to get back sooner, in a mm, way. So yeah. I think it's a hard it's knowing, decision to make, though, isn't it? It is when you, you are bound to do it the one night that someone says, I've flown in from Australia mm -hmm. to see you. Mm -hmm. And you've gone, oh, I've definitely called it in and I feel terrible. But I know, for me, I always go, listen, the show is brilliant. This role is brilliant. The person that plays it tonight should be the best person that day. And mm. it's not me. That's Trust right. me on it. That's very um, true. But I can appreciate, I mean, I, you know, I've been to see shows and if, and if someone that I've there gone to see has not been on, of course you go, <sighs> and, and I've been that person, I've been that audience member, but at the end of the day, it's the show, it's the role, mm. it, is, it, is it still being done well? That's enough. You know, it should be enough. Yeah. That's, and well, you, that's why you've had no problems. That's, that's such a good quality to have in is. our industry. The amount of times that I've gone on and sung when I shouldn't have just because yeah. of my stupid ego. Whereas the fact, if I'd just taken a couple of nights off, no one would have noticed no or cared. Noticed. And like something like Rock of Ages, the same for you, because Rock of Ages is massive. Yeah. It's a big thing for you. It's huge. I mean, you must have felt the weight of that show. Yeah, I mean, they, they came in and said to me at about the three month mark, they were like, pat on the shoulder, like, great job, Ollie. We've <laughs> never had a Drew stay on for all our previews. And we were like, <laughs> we like had three previews left. And I was like, <laughs> I think I, I think yeah, I'm gonna, I know. Yeah, and, then, and, and so I, I literally I went off like two nights before press night, and I felt strong as knots oh, until someone said that. And I it's so psychological, three months, singing. Yeah, but it, but but and it is that thing that you you just feel you feel that pressure, and you want to be able to be like you say, be the person who does it, and be yeah, the person that you can prove you can do it. But the longer it goes on, the longer I actually notice that. No one actually really, as long as you're doing the majority of your job, people, people appreciate it. People, uh, with the big ones, like Elphaba's yeah, yeah. and like, like the, the rock shows and stuff. When they're really big things, I think people do cut you some slack. I yeah. think there needs to be more slack cut I think throughout so. the whole industry mm. with vocal pressure and stuff. And also, you go and see a show and sometimes the ensemble top lines are singing as hard a line as... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, you're more exposed playing the characters, but yeah. So, I mean, it's just... Like, uh, me and Alex have some mutual friends and Mel LeBarry always, yeah. she used to say, oh my God, she'd say, oh, she'd say, Alice was a machine as well, as you would say, your training came from yeah. watching. She said she's a machine. She said, but the best thing about Alice is the fact that if she, if she knew she wasn't quite on it, she just would go off. And because you're so laid back, you wouldn't beat yourself up about it. Yeah. Well, and you can't because if you beat yourself up about it, this, the anxiety and your voice is so attached to your emotion mm. and how you feel that day. So you start beating yourself up about not being able to do it. And that anxiety goes straight to your voice. So yeah. it gets worse. Yeah. So Teach me. <laughs> so, so, you know. And me. I, I, I still know, got it. I do get it. And I do really want to always be on. And do you know what I, <laughs> and do you know what I was? I was... I was always on, really. Yeah, you were you very... Are, ultimately, you are always on because you've looked after it But properly. because I yeah. think, because you have that attitude of, if I have to go off, I'll go off, and you will have to live with it. That that kind of attitude <laughs> is has helped, yeah, mentally, and it makes my voice go, thanks, darling, you know what I mean? Yeah. Cheers, mm. let's go and have a night with a cup of, you know, horlicks. <laughs> um, <laughs> the glamorous life. Yeah, uh, and, and that's okay. And, I, you know, at the same time, I would... I'm not that person that goes off at the drop of a hat either. I, I fight, I fight on as much as I can, 
But there is that moment where you go, enough's enough, come on. Mm. It's a voice and I can't, it, it, it's not something, it's not a computer no, that can do it. It's very true. This you're, is something you're more, that's... You're, more no, you're, known, you're known for being that person. Mm. But yes. like rather than someone like on, on Rock of Ages and on Kinky Boots, I both had, even though people would have said I was fairly strong on it, there will be, there's, in my mind, it's like, yeah, but there was a, hmm. there was a break where I pushed it so far that I had to go off for like two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was off, then I was never on eight show week for a long time. Yeah. Then you really, have to build up the stamina again. Yeah. So by, by, going, by going off, you're actually doing yourself a favor in yeah. the long run Early for your yeah, well, reputation. Like, yeah. I would say that, yeah. yeah. It, yes, I always say to students of mine, I go, don't push it because if you push that voice, it's on that, it's on that cusp, it's going to go on you. For, we had, um, when we did Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, um, we had this girl, Lizzie Connolly, and she was her first job, and she had this brilliant song called Oklahoma. But it was her first job, and she was not going off. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and she, she called me in the day, and she went, how's this voice? And I went, oh, my gosh, <laughs> you poor thing. Have you told Zara you're going off? And she went, no, I'm coming in. Oh. And I was like, mm-hmm, yeah, okay. Oh, have you tried to sing the song? She went, yeah, I've sang it through twice. And I was, in my head, I was going, right, well, that's, you've probably got one more and then it's off, right? <laughs> so anyway, she came in, she sang the song another four times. And I was sitting there and I was going, you can't tell her, she's got to learn. You know, I can't oh. tell, I've tried, but she will not listen to me. And God love her, it, I, I was in the booth. There was, there's this thing called booths where if you're not on stage, it's basically if you can't dance. Right. Um, <laughs> and, but and you're there to sing. In you the know, wings. you have to, yeah, you're in the wings and you're singing in a booth um, <laughs> to back up the, the dancers on stage. And I sat and I, I think I did the whole song looking like that into the monitor because her voice was going and going to the point where she was Marlena Dietrich doing Oklahoma. <laughs> and, um, and, and she was <laughs> off for three and a half weeks after Ooh, that. Because it just it? did not come back. And I just went, there's, that's, the, that's the lesson maybe you need to learn. She was like, I'll never do it again. Yeah. I, mean, I won't be that martyr oh, because good. three and a half weeks is because the voice you've just absolutely it's I suppose it's like running on a broken leg mm. you know that that break's going to get worse the more you run on it yeah. you know and, yeah. and that's it of course then it takes longer to heal it's exactly the same thing and I think people don't realize that about the voice they don't and um because if you and why would you if you don't sing mm. you know um but it, it's it's it is amazing how much it um it reacts to just to, to a being overworked or be being stressed out from an from a, um, anxiety point it of view. It does, it does. Well, before we hear your beautiful voice, um, I have to ask you one final question, yeah. sadly, um, because I'd love to talk to you all day. I just want to um, chat all day. I want to chat all day on this lovely pink one. sofa. I keep feeling it. Can you feel it? I so do I. I, mean, I keep doing this, and I was like, I was like Ollie, stop it. People it's are going to really weird. I'm soft. Like, just going like... <laughs> Why are you just chatting to Alice? I'm just kind Lovely. of getting very familiar with this. I want it in sofa. my living room. I think I'm going to take it home. Um, if you could look back on your 20-year-old self and give yourself a piece of advice that you've been given or you would give yourself, what would it be of how to keep calm and carry on? I, do you know, I, 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 the first thing I'd say is take more pictures. Oh, yes. Because I didn't take enough pictures in my in my early in my early days it's especially easier now business. though with the phone totally and it wasn't back then really Old. yeah no it was i completely agree there wasn't any instagram back no. in the, the beginning so i would i would have loved more pictures because i you know I, there's so many memories that i go i was definitely in that but i don't recall a single picture of me being mm. in it um but i think the best piece of advice that i was given that i've definitely taken with me 
Um, and I, I like to pretend I make it up, but I, I definitely got told this at some point. Um, yeah, it's definitely come from me, my wisdom. Um, is, uh, is that, you know, listen, when you get nervous about an audition or, or nervous about a performance or an opening night, at the end of the day, you're going out there, you're singing a song, you're telling a story, and you're not going to kill anyone. And, and they were like, calm down and go out and enjoy it mm. because you're not doing something that is going to ruin anyone's day. All it's going to do is brighten it. And so go out there and do it and, and relish the moment of it. And I think, and that's again is something that helps with the anxiety aspect that we've been talking about. If you think that, and if I crack on a note or if I forget a lyric, at the end of the day, no one is going to have a heart attack because of that. Mm. It will all just be lovely. We'll have an, we'll, we might just laugh at it, <laughs> but we will still enjoy it and it will still happen. And it will be a memory that you can keep as opposed to, I, I never, I, the first night is Elphaba, which I'm sure it, sometimes it goes completely by in a blur. And you sort of go, God, I wish I could have relished the moment of mm. that a little bit more because you do put so much pressure on yourself. Yeah. And actually just chilling out and keeping calm um, is, is the way that you can remember those massive, massive milestones in your life. Brilliant. Alice, you're a joy. It's lovely to have you here. Thank you so much for coming. Well, that is it. I can't believe it. Oh, so many thanks to my very special guests, Ollie, Lou and Alice. Thank you for joining me. Of course, Bravo Productions, who have been amazing recording the live uh, episode for us and um, they've always been a great support. They do lots of live shows as well, so check them out. Of course, my gorgeous producer, Martin. Ah, oh, where would I be without you? Thank you for putting together such an amazing second season. I can't wait for season three. And of course, you, the listeners, and also the live, uh, the live audience that came to support us. Thank you guys, if any of you are tuned in. What a special day that was. Um, thanks for coming. Um, thank you guys for supporting. Please keep subscribing. Please keep sharing, telling your friends. If you haven't heard season one, go back and listen because there's some cracking interviews on there. So whatever you've, uh, you're doing, you know, take care, stay safe. And I can't wait to see you back here for season three. I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed doing this. It's really been a lifeline for me through this lockdown. And through the last year, 2020 was just my podcast dream and I'm so glad to be here it's ever growing it's ever thriving and season three we've got lots of surprises for you um lots more special guests and um collaborating with some incredible people too um and there might be a chance for you to get involved as well to become maybe a patron of the of the podcast get get involved get some shout outs get get on board you know um come and support me so um that's it. I'm going to say goodbye and um, stop rambling on. <laughs> Sending lots of love. Enjoy. And I will see you very soon. Bye-bye.